This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Still racing, and he dives, and he makes the play. News, rumors, and scouting straight from the warehouse. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And welcome to it, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold on this Thursday night. Let's take you inside the yard and warm up a little bit by talking some Orioles baseball. Jeff, big show coming up. MassInSports.com's Rakubaka will join us in a few moments to talk about the roster construction, how things are going to look when pitchers and catchers report officially to Sarasota, Florida in a few days. Plus, at 625, Orioles rookie, and I do stress, Rookie, still eligible for Rookie of the Year, Ryan Mountcastle. He will join us a little later, Orioles third baseman, Rio Ruiz. But on this snowy night, some background of Inside the Yard, Jeff. And I, I heard, I think we're the best podcast to listen to while shoveling. I'm pretty sure we won that award a long time ago. We started this last baseball season in 2020, and we continue it now through the hot stove season on 105.7 The Fan. And we will continue it throughout the 21 season not only as a podcast where you can get at Orioles.com slash podcast, wherever you find your podcast, but uh, through this hot stove season on the radio. And Jeff, I hope you were able to withstand the elements today. I was able to withstand the elements, but let me ask you, which one is worse, uh, shoveling or unpacking from moving into a new house? Ooh, when you combine those two, your back's going to hurt for a while. And you do stuff on a day like this if you're a young parent where – you can go 25 years in your life without sledding. And then all of a sudden you find yourself sledding down a pretty big hill earlier today. And you're saying, where's this been all my life? So it's kind of funny. It's one of those things you totally forgot. And then one day you're doing it again with your young kids. So that was fun. And, you know, on a day like this, I actually went by a ballpark today or at least a small baseball field, Jeff, or from a local high school. We all agree that baseball fields are beautiful any time of the year, but in the snow, they're pretty special to look at. They're very special to look at. I remember I was at Camden Yards a long time ago last year, and it was it was snowing, and that kind of wintry vibe is is really cool. But I think you and I are both ready for the time where the snow is off the field, baseball is back, fans are there, and uh, I'm really excited for that this year. Well, you know who's really excited, and this is going to come across as hyperbole. It shouldn't. Trey Mancini is so fired up to return to baseball. He's already arrived in Sarasota, Florida, Pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report on February 16. He's already there for obvious reasons. He's chomping at the bit to play ball. Earlier this week, MLB Network named him one of the top 100 players in baseball, and he joined MLB Network to explain where he is physically right now. Feeling great uh, as, as well as I could have ever imagined um, when I got diagnosed almost a year ago. Um, so I'm back in Sarasota. I got here last week um, and it was definitely a little strange to come back at first because this is where, um, you know, I had my colonoscopy appointment, found out that I had colon cancer and feel so good to be back and, and I'm feeling really good. Obviously, Jeff, a lot of emotions to it right now for Trey Mancini, but for him to arrive 
and already taking swings as he has for most of the offseason. We've all seen videos of Trey. He looks fantastic. I think he's one of the best stories in baseball. I think it might be the best story in baseball, right? Right out of the gate. And he said it was a little bit eerie when when he was was going to Sarasota to the Ed Smith complex. And there was still writing from everything that was going on in the last spring training, not summer camp spring training, but yeah, you get Trey Mancini back and it really shores up what I think is a really good top four in your order. You're probably looking at a combination of Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle. That's a really good group. And his ability to hit for power, to hit for average, and give you some run production is something that the Orioles desperately missed last season. That trio was not together at any point last year. You had Santander come on hard in the beginning of the year, then got hurt in the back half. Mountcastle came on hard when he was called up in the back half. And Trey obviously never played a game last year. How much fun has Brandon Hyde had just running out that lineup this offseason? Trey Mancini hit 30 five home runs in 2019. Think about that for a second. I mean, this guy had 24 home runs, both in 17 and 18, is a very young player. So you just have to think where this is all going. Yeah, and and the other great thing about Mancini is he's back to playing first base, a spot where he has been really comfortable. You know, he says he'll play anywhere. I I, I thought it was pretty pretty funny how he says every offseason, I tell them you can put me anywhere. It's probably a good idea where you want to put me, but I think it's good for him to play first base. You know, he has the experience playing the outfield, so if you ever wanted to give Santander a break, if you wanted to give Mountcastle a break, you wanted to throw him out there, you could. But I think it's going to be really good to have him at first base consistently. And I wouldn't be surprised, too, at the very beginning of the year, you inserted him in DH a little bit more, and that way just eased him back in in preparation for 162 games. Rarely do you get emotions tied to a grapefruit league at bat, but I think in a few weeks, Jeff, in Sarasota, Florida, that's exactly what we will see. And then can you imagine when he gets to come back to Oriole Park at Camden Yards to take his first few swings after the year he had last year? And Jeff, also this week, Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed on their protocols for 2021 uh, dealing with the ongoing pandemic, but also rules that are coming and rules that are going. Uh, We've looked at this a few times. And last year, we got a sneak peek in a truncated season of what it will look like to play the extra inning rules and also uh, the universal DH, which is not involved this time, at least as of now, and expanded playoffs, and also your favorite seven-inning doubleheaders. Let's let's say for the record, that's the first time in 2021 you've used the word truncated, and you Just probably you took more liberties with that than anybody else. But yeah, I, I think that the universal DH, it's something that absolutely has to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they reach an agreement on something about it before the season gets underway because it benefits both parties. And I think, number one, it's a massive safety issue, and I'm really surprised it was not part of the health and safety protocols like it was last year because we've never done 60 games into 162 games before, so we have no idea what to expect. But especially if you're in the National League, I feel really bad for you because when you're making the double switches, having to go with a shorter bench, it's not a great thing. It creates some issues for the Orioles when they play games in National League parks. But, yeah, I just think it's also not great for the game and that it's just bad baseball to watch pitchers go up and take uncompetitive at bats. You don't see bunning really take place anymore unless you're the 2020 Orioles who did it quite a bit, but, but even so it's just, it's bad for the game. And it's one thing if a pitcher gets an arm injury or suffers an injury while they're pitching, it's a far different thing and a far more inexcusable thing. If it happens when they're either hitting or running the bases. And we know there'll be 26 man rosters when the season begins in earnest, who does that help or hurt? 
as they try and make this 2021 Orioles team. We'll talk about that next with Masson's Rakubako. Plus, we'll talk to him about where he thinks Trey Mancini will get most of his at-bats in 2021. And Ryan Mountcastle coming up a little later. And Rio Ruiz, as we get started, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold on Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. This is Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Fastball outside corner. Got him again. All the latest Orioles news and rumors. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold on this edition of Inside the Yard. Ryan Mountcastle will join us coming up in about 15 minutes. But joining us right now, Masson's own Rock Kubako. And Rock, before we get going here, is shoveling considered a workout? First of all, it's pretty risky for you to put me on before Ryan Mountcastle. You know, you people are gonna, about that. They're going to tune right out after I'm done. Oh, whatever that Mountcastle guy, forget it. We got Rockabotko. That's all we're, we wanted. Uh, actually, You're easily the most fit broadcaster <laughs> in this group. Actually, you know, I think it's a little bit of a leg exercise when you shovel, which I'm not really into, but that's the one time where I use my legs a little bit. Well, we just heard from Trey Mancini, who was on MLB Network this week. I actually did. Uh, some other media outlets like MLB Radio Network, and you could just sense he is so excited. He's already at spring training, essentially, in Sarasota, Florida. And I actually think, as far as Grapefruit League at-bats go, not only is he the best story in baseball, but there's going to be a lot of emotion tied to it. There is. And you know, I had talked to Brandon Hyde about that recently. And he, he, you know, remembered how emotional it was and the tears that were shed the day that Trey addressed the team to say that he was leaving and the cancer diagnosis. And of course, it's just the whole thing is surreal where, you know, he's undergoing surgery on the day that they sh- on the 12th that they shut down camp and shut down the sport. And two days later, I was home and he's undergoing surgery at that point. And, and, you know, at the time it's, it's, that was it's it was a scary situation stage three there's only four stages and he was three and at that age it didn't seem like it was making sense and it was very scary so I can understand why after what he went through that he's excited to be there probably more than anybody else and uh you know his last chemotherapy treatment was September 21st and he's he was working out I give him credit because he still kept working out as much as he could to try and stay in shape and obviously was able to amp it up later and Last week, he hit on the field, took live BP for the first time. And, uh, you know, he's really, uh, you know, he feels great. He feels great physically. And he feels like he's really in baseball shape as well. And, of course, he joked about getting that first home run out of the way because the wind was blown out the left. And then he had to remind himself, hey, first couple of rounds of BP, we usually go. He goes to the other field. So he was trying to get back in that group. And I think he had to prove to himself the power's still there. And, you know, he wanted to go ahead and, and, and prove something to himself before he went to his usual routine. But it's just great to have him there. It's great to have him working out. And I know players can't wait to see him. They're already guys reporting early, as they always do with the complex. But they're going to be a lot of really excited teammates the first time they see him. Rock, Trey has said he's full go. Mike Elias has said the same type of thing. But what do you think is a realistic expectation for Trey, especially at the start of the year? Yeah, I think they'll they'll kind of ease him in. A lot of it's going to just be up to Trey, like how his body responds, because we don't know. We don't know after that 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 many chemotherapy treatments what it did to his body, how he's going to react, how he's going to react to full workouts and a full schedule. So they're going to kind of ease him into it and then just let him dictate how he's feeling. Is he tired? Does he need a rest? 
I'm sure he's going to insist that he's fine. So they're going to have to say, look, circle of truth here or whatever. Like, you're going to have to be honest with us if you're not feeling good today and we'll back off you. But right now they, it's, it's full go. And, and I think he's going to get an awful lot of time at first base. Obviously also we'll be getting reps in the outfield and right field, but I think primarily first base. And now the DH spots opened up without Renata Nunez. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of days where that'll be considered a rest for him. We can just hit, not worry about being in the field. Like I said, then the rest is up to Trey, how he's feeling. That'll kind of dictate whether he's an everyday guy, first base, whatever, or whether he does need some time off. Rock, there was a flurry of additions over the last few weeks and moves, just transactions when you're talking about the Cobb trade, adding some minor league free agents like Felix Hernandez and Wade LeBlanc. Do you think Michael Elias is dumb right now or could they still be in ad mode? No, I think they're still in ad mode. Primarily, it's pitching. He would like to bring in another starter. Could be major league deal. Could be minor league deal. It's not going to. If it's a major league deal, we're looking at the whole like one million type range. Or even with Hernandez, I think he's one million if he makes the club. They're going to stay in that range. But he would like to bring in one more pitcher at least to toss into that competition. There are plenty of names there because you know they're not going to rush the 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 prospects that next wave. They're not going to have. Uh, Bauman, Lowther, well, Alexander Wells in the majors on opening day. Like that's the next wave that they're going to hold back and eventually move them up. Uh, so he's looking for more pitching. My understanding is they're done with the infield. He had indicated a while back that they might look for another utility guy. But I think Jemai Jones kind of is that guy now. So I don't think they're looking at in the infield. He had mentioned a while back, maybe another outfielder on a minor league deal, even though they have plenty of outfielders, but maybe another kind of depth move, triple A type guy. But I know they're going to be more minor league signings announced. And it could be very small moves. They haven't shared their spring invite list yet. I think it's going to kind of be piecemeal of, of guys that they add and when they, they build that camp roster. But there will be some more signings. And maybe it won't be a name like a Felix Hernandez. And maybe it won't be somebody who is kind of is trending toward the Hall of Fame. But there will be some other additions. And I think they're really focused on pitching right now. We're with Masson's Rock Abaco, Jeff Arnold, and Brett Hollander on Inside the Yard. Um, Rock, bunch of signings, still opportunities for the Orioles, not as big of a roster as we thought it was going to be. I-, I figured maybe it would be 28. Instead, we're going to be starting this year with 26. Um, who are maybe some players that are going to benefit from the roster being smaller? And maybe who are some other ones who could be on the bubble and might see that bubble pop? Yeah, I think it's more about, you know, who it hurts. Because if you have a 30-man roster, you certainly have more room for an extra, extra utility guys. I think Pat Vileka is fairly safe unless they, you know, unexpectedly trade him. I mean, they they avoided arbitration with him. They signed him. I think he's our super utility guy. But if you were if you had more expansion in the roster, you might have room for additional guys like that or maybe even an extra outfielder. Uh, extra pitching. Now, one of the keys is that there's no limit on how many pitchers you carry. I think last year it was supposed to be, you know, 13 pitchers in a 26-man roster or whatever. They never got down that far. But now there's no limit. So we're going to find out whether Brandon Hyde wants to go with a three-man bench and carry 14 pitchers on opening day. That opens a spot for another bullpen arm or, you know, what he's going to do there. But I think more than anything, it's just there's some guys that maybe, you know, get squeezed out. Uh, you know, St- Stevie Wilkerson, is there room now for him as a non-roster guy, super utility, he re-signed. Especially if there's a three-man bench, there isn't. One of them's got to be a catcher and one's got to be an extra outfielder. Uh, or, you know, bullpen-wise, uh, you know, there, there's 
some other guys, whether like say a Bruce Zimmerman doesn't make the rotation, could he be a long man or now is he going to end up in, in Norfolk's rotation because there isn't much room? Is there room for one rule five pitcher, let alone the two, which would be kind of a stretch to carry two anyway, but on a 30 man roster, you certainly could do that. 26, you'd be hard pressed. I think there's some guys that could end up getting squeezed out now because the roster doesn't expand for now, at least till September, you can go to 28, but let's keep in mind pandemic is running the show here. COVID-19 is really dictating right now. This is what major league baseball is planning to do. Let's see what happens two weeks from now, a month from now, can they get through a full spring training without any setbacks? I think guys are going to be wearing those like ankle bracelets, like they're on house arrest or some monitoring devices to make sure they're following protocol. 2021 is going to be every bit as weird as 2020. And I, what I'm hearing, it's going to be even more strict. And to that end, Rock, will you in 2021 have to report on your favorite thing, which is the taxi squad that goes on the road with each club? Yes. You know, I obsess over that. And Hyde kind of laughs like, you're going to ask me about the taxi squad, aren't you? I'm like, yes, I, I'm always interested in who's on the trip. It is five men now. One of them's got to be a catcher, uh, which probably means Austin Wins is going to be making a lot of road trips because I assume it's Pedro Severino and Francisco, the two catchers, unless Severino ends up being traded. He is one of the chips, but uh, I, I don't see how you're not going to carry that third catcher. So I think Austin wins will be the, the, the taxi squad uh, catcher, but yeah, you're allowed to carry five. There were some extra arms there just for, and that's also obviously to prevent, you know, a lot of travel. You'll have guys with you. So if somebody's hurt, they're already there. You, you don't have to get somebody on a plane and have them fly. Uh, if there's an unexpected injury. So there will be five taxi squad guys and I will make sure to tweet every single one. Maybe I'll include bios. Maybe I won't. We'll see, but I will be reporting on it. You'll get lots of likes, whatever you decide to do. Uh, Jeff and Brett with rock on inside the yard. We got Ryan Mountcastle on the show tonight. Rock. He took a, he came in, performed really well. His plate discipline was better than uh, we expected it was going to be. Um, he showed some pretty good speed as well when he was out there. And then the numbers offensively were really strong. What are you looking to see from him as he tries to take another step forward uh, this season? Yeah, I think it's a lot of what we saw already. It's just going to be getting more experience. And you hope that he is able to maintain that plate discipline. That was a big deal for him to draw more walks, not strike out as much, but not lose his aggressiveness, which is a pretty neat trick to try and get somebody to be more patient, but don't become passive at the plate. And I thought he handled that really well. Uh, he was fine in left field. It wasn't gold glove, but we've talked. He was better than some other left fielders I saw. No offense to Dwight Smith Jr., but Ryan Mountcastle was a better defensive left fielder than Dwight. I mean, I think we could all agree on that, right? Or am I being a jerk? I think he was better. I, I agree. We I, concur. Yeah. I, think we can, I think we can agree. So he was better in, in left field than I thought he was going to be, but obviously you still that's a, you're still working on that. It's his fourth position. He's going to get some reps, I'm sure, at first base. He's done with shortstop. He's done with third. So I think it's continuing that improvement in left and really finding his comfort zone, maintaining the plate discipline, the power's there, obviously. And I think he's primarily the left fielder. But again, you know, you can go ahead and put him at first once in a while. They can rotate DHs now without Nunez. So maybe once in a while he's, he's there. So I think it's just continuing to do what he was doing before and just stay healthy. And it's pretty exciting to have a prospect like that, a, a hyped prospect, one of your top ones in the system who actually kind of burst on the scene and was as good as he was. Cause I hear fans all the time say, how come this team has this guy and this team has that guy that immediately contributes and the Orioles don't have enough of that, or they wait so long to bring these guys up. It was nice to see Mount Castle still very young, do what he was able to do. 
He exceeded the hype in his uh, first taste of Major League Baseball. Rock, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. When we come back next year on Inside the Yard, the before-mentioned, right? The before-mentioned Ryan Mountcastle will join us. We'll talk to Ryan about his Rookie of the Year prospects and a very cool thing that happened to Ryan this past weekend at his high school. That's all coming up. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fam. Deep fly ball out to left field, climbing high. 105.7 The Fan takes you inside the yard. Still going back, back to the track, and this one is gone. Your direct line to everything O's. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. The all-new 2021 five-game flex plan is available now. Select the games that fit your schedule before the general public, including access to opening day. Plus, select popular promo dates like Jim Palmer Bobblehead Day and the Birdland Hawaiian Shirt Day. Plans start at just $99 and are protected by O-Surance. Visit Orioles.com slash flex to purchase your plan. That's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander. It is Inside the Yard on this Thursday night here on 105.7 The Fan. Also a podcast you can download at Orioles.com slash podcast or wherever you find your podcast. And joining us right now is Orioles prospect Ryan Mountcastle coming off of a year where he got a big taste of the big leagues, hit five home runs, hit 333 in his month in orange and black. And Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, now that you're a big leader, is the world treating you a little different when you came back home? Uh, not really. I mean, I, everybody's treating me the same. They all, you know, said their congratulations. But besides that, it's back to the normal routine. Ryan, you had your uh, your jersey retired by your, your high school just a, a couple of days ago. What was that feeling like? It was awesome. It was a it was a surprise. So we had a um, actually a home run derby planned, like an alumni home run derby, and I thought that was basically the extent of it. And um, right before, you know, they told me, my coach, like, hey, you're getting your jersey retired. Grab your family. We're going to, you know, take some pictures. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and I like they're like, oh, wow, I'm surprised they actually kept it a secret. So it was really cool honor. And uh, that high school, I think there's going to be a lot more to come out of there. Well, first of all, there was a home run derby. How did you do? I won. Okay. Just making <laughs> sure. Of course you did. Just making sure. No, it was an impressive list. You were also with um, with Broncos quarterback Jeff Driscoll. You were also yep. – well, he wasn't there, but uh, what, Zach Eflin of the Phillies, yep. who's a really good pitcher in the big leagues. Uh, that's an impressive list. Yeah, we have a couple other guys. Uh, we've probably had about 10 guys drafted out of there, and I think the high school's only been there for 15, 20 years. And, um, yeah, Riley Green was a recent one. He was a top five pick recently. And Vaughn Grissom was the same draft class. He was drafted by the Braves. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of talent coming out of there. Did you guys, like, ever lose a game with, with, a, with a group like that? It's not just our high school, though. Every high school around here is pretty crazy. Uh, there's a bunch of draft prospects around here. So it was just getting out of our district is always very tough. Ryan, looking back at last season, what was your biggest takeaway just from an at-bat standpoint or defensively from the, your big league experience? Yeah, I mean, pitchers, they they do their scouting reports. There was a different, I think, uh, game plan after every series, like whenever I went somewhere else. Um, so you just had to be able to adjust at the plate. And then uh, in the field, I mean, the balls, I feel like, I mean, it's a pretty pretty easy to catch fly balls at least routine ones there the lights are a lot better 
the um you know just the atmosphere is is a lot easier but um yeah i mean it's the same old game and i'm just gonna keep playing how i play is there is there a lot of difference between playing left field in AAA and playing left field in the big leagues? You mentioned the lights, but are there any other differences that, that make it more challenging or, or maybe easier? Um, I mean, I felt you're probably a little bit more nervous in the big leagues. Like you're in the big leagues. Like it's, it's going to happen. But um, besides that, no, I mean, I, I think all the players in AAA at some point of most of them have been up in the big leagues. So, I mean, you're basically playing against big leaguers in AAA too. So, it's uh, the same game. Orioles prospect Ryan Mountcastle is with us here on Inside the Yard with Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. Ryan, do you anticipate what adjustments might be made towards you offensively? Are you thinking ahead? All right, I had a really good start, but now what are they going to do to me? Yeah, I mean, it's something you you have to adjust on the fly because it's, I mean, I try to work on things that, you know, I struggled with, you know, during the year. So um, I'm sure they know what I've struggled with. So I think they're going to come out and attack me, you know, with my weaknesses. And it's up to me whether I want to adjust or not. Ryan, is the training any different this offseason with 60 games played last year and you having a good chunk of a first season underneath your belt? Are you doing anything differently maybe this offseason than you would have done in previous offseasons in the minors? Um, not really. I mean, I, I like to stick to my routine in the off season and, uh, I think my body is definitely feeling really good, especially only playing whatever 30 or so games I got in up there. But, um, yeah, this year is going to be a grind and hopefully I, you know, I prepared my body good enough to play a full 162. So Ryan, this week, and really over the last few weeks, all the prospect rankings came out or the, all, all the organizational rankings came out, the Orioles, actually have uh, are now ranked higher than they've ever been in the history of Baseball America as a farm system, seven overall. Uh, you are pretty much in the same spot you were a year ago in most rankings, which is kind of confusing because you have more in your baseball card than almost anyone right now on these lists. Do you feel you have something to prove? Are you not being taken as seriously as a prospect as some of the other young players? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like ever since I was drafted, I've always, I guess, by those people, the ones who make the list, sort of looked down upon in, in my eyes, but you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, you know, irrelevant not to be, you know, mean or anything, but you know, to me, they're sort of relevant and uh, I'm just going to keep playing my game and uh, wherever they rank me, I don't really care. <laughs> Ryan, you, you did get a vote for AL rookie of the year last year, and you have to figure you'll probably be one of the front runners going into this upcoming season. Um, does that serve as extra motivation for you at all? You know, a chance to win a prestigious award like that? Yeah, I mean, if I end up, you know, having a good year and getting that award, that would be uh, definitely a great honor. I mean, it's something that I'm sure every rookie's shooting for. And uh, there's a lot of great players out there. And, you know, hopefully I can have a good enough season to do that. But if not, I'm not going to be too upset. Orioles left fielder Ryan Mountcastle is with us right now on Inside the Yard. Ryan, you obviously had some great moments last year. Your first big league home run, your first two home run game, your first base hit all those things, but you didn't get to do it with fans in the stands. Hopefully this year you get to do that a lot with fans in the stands. Is that something you're looking forward to just to have that? Will it feel maybe more real then? Yeah, I think once you get the fans out there and uh, I mean, it's still, I'm sure it's going to be limited capacity, whatever it's going to be, but you know, getting people yelling at you, I mean, going to Yankee stadium, having people yell stuff at you, it's going to be a lot more real when you do that. Um, 
as opposed to this past year. Ryan, going back to that game where you hit your your first major league home run, your first two major league home runs against the Blue Jays, we saw on the massive broadcast that that a guy got the baseball and I think was trying to find a way to return it. Were you ever able to get that baseball? Yeah, I had to. Uh, I think I don't think the guy was very willing just to give it up for nothing, so I gave him a, <laughs> had to give him a signed bat. But yeah, after I did that, he gave me the ball. All right, Ryan, now it's time for our Fun 5 Baseball questions. First thing that comes to mind here, are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite baseball movie? Uh, Sandlot. No, that's a great one. That is a great one. What was your senior year high school batting average? Uh, I think 504. <laughs> How many homers? Uh, so... I know it's not going to, it's going to be shocking. I only had two home runs, but our field is the biggest graveyard. I don't think I only had one home run in my high school career at our field. Wow. It's very humbling. Very humbling. (laughs) Ryan Mountcastle with five home runs and his, you know, first a hundred big league at bats. Uh, Most influential baseball person in your life. I mean, Obviously, I, I would say my book, like all my parents and then my friends and family. But besides that, um, Jared Goodwin, my high school coach, has been very close with me throughout this journey. And I've had countless other coaches have helped me, but um, he probably stands out in particular. Favorite minor league city to play or visit? Probably Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina in AAA. That was a really cool city to go play at. Yeah, we, we've had a few Charlottes, I think, Jeff. And then also, yeah. name one talent outside of baseball that you possess. <laughs> oh, man. I would probably say, I don't know. Does video games count as talent? Yes. What's your game? But, but, like, I'm not, like, the guy. I'm not super crazy at it, but I'm, I'm pretty good at it. What's so, your game? Uh, Call of Duty. Who's, the, who's, the be- who's the best video game player on the team? Outside of myself, I'd probably say <laughs> probably Harvey. Harvey's pretty good. Can I just be honest here? Last year on MLB The Show, and you were in that game, as I played my Dynasty mode, yes, it was the pandemic. I went back and reverted to my uh, 25-year-old version of myself. Ryan, you were a beast. I mean, my, my Ryan Mountcastle, <laughs> 21, 22, I mean, was an absolute beast hitting the middle of the order with Adley Rutschman as Orioles fans dared to nice. dream. Nice. What was, the, what was the ranking on that one? What was I, 50-something, 60-something <laughs> I think made their top, They actually do have a prospect list. I think you made the top oh, 50. Okay. okay. <laughs> Orioles prospect Ryan Mountcastle. Ryan, safe travels to spring training. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome stuff with Ryan Mountcastle. Don't forget, the Orioles Junior Dugout Club is now Kids Cheer Free Plus, the all-new Orioles Kids Club for fans 14 and under, For just $30, each club membership receives free access to all Orioles home games, exclusive swag, a ticket voucher for four free lower-level tickets, and more. Purchase your membership now at Orioles.com slash KidsFreePlus. That was outstanding with Ryan Mountcastle. When we come back here on Inside the Yard, we'll talk to Orioles third baseman Rhea Ruiz as we continue on 105.7 The Fan. You're listening to Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Still racing, and he dives, and he makes the play. News, rumors, and scouting straight from the warehouse. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. 
While the Oriole bird is practicing social distancing and wearing a mask, he's also doing virtual bird visits to help celebrate special occasions with fellow Orioles fans. Schedule the bird for your next virtual event. Appearances are just 125 bucks, and proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Learn more and book now at Orioles.com slash bird. He's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander here on Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. You can also download the program and catch up on old episodes at Orioles.com slash podcast or wherever you download your podcast. And joining us right now, Orioles third baseman, Rio Ruiz. Rio, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? It's great to see you, Rio. I remember last year, both before the shutdown in the original spring training, and then when everyone gathered back in July at Camden Yards, everyone was talking about what kind of shape Rio Ruiz was in. What can you do for an encore this spring? I uh, guess you'll just have to see. <laughs> uh, but definitely been enjoying the offseason. It's been a good offseason so far, obviously, with outside of COVID and the restrictions. Um, definitely enjoyed being home, for sure. What kind of shape is the Mohawk in? We're, we're on video here, and it looks like you maybe got rid of it. Is that true? Yeah, that's it was it was hard. It was it was definitely hard. It was uh, it it was over a year's work, man. You, it, there's some there were some a lot of awkward stages when I was growing that thing out, and um, you know, I was glad to get through it, and I I glad I stuck through it. I stuck with it throughout the course of the season, uh, but once I got home, it, it was gone. So you are surrendering the title to the likes of Hunter Harvey and Dean Kramer, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh yeah, they blew me out of the that it wasn't even a competition with us. It, they had they have such good hair. Um it, it's well well uh maintained as well. I I just put product in it and it makes it look like I actually take care of it, but you know, I just do the basic stuff with them. They actually they actually do what they need to do when they got that nice of a mane. Are you bold enough to say which one you think is better? No, I, I'm not. I'm not there yet. We won't I, I tell. We I won't care. tell them any of this. It's just <laughs> us and some some of our friends here. Uh, uh maybe in person. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll hold you to that. Rio Ruiz <laughs> with us right now. Orioles third baseman here on Inside the Yard. Rio. You really had two different seasons last year offensively. You got off to a sizzling start, and the power numbers were really great throughout nine home runs in under 200 at-bats. And then you definitely hit a cold streak. What was the reason for that, looking back at it? Uh, I think I was – I think I tried to ride the wave for too long. Um, you know, obviously you want to get to a, out, out to a good start um, right away, and, and I was lucky to do so, but – you know, I, I was I was wanting more. You know, I was looking for more, more, more. Not, I guess you could say, not too happy with my performance uh, even early on when I was doing really well. So, I've uh, kind of got into a little uh, struggle there, and you know, finished off nicely. Is that is that what you think? Maybe was the difference for you against left-handed pitching was that you were just doing less, and that you were kind of just shortening your swing up a little bit. Is that maybe something that? you felt was the difference between the two and that maybe it's, it's just that simple as what you need to do against right-handed pitching as well. Yeah, man, it's, I, I learned that, you know, after the end of the year, after the, you know, the season's done, you get to go home, you know, relax a little bit. And then you always, there's always going to be that time where you reflect on the season and things you did well, things you didn't do well and things you can uh, improve on. And, um, 
you know, definitely thinking back that it's, it always came back to do less. Um, you know, you don't always have to hit the three run homer, you know, you can one RBI works too. let the next guy drive in the next two guys. Um, so definitely doing less. I, I think that's, that's a motto that you, I could definitely follow from here on out. Yeah. There should be a lot less pressure off you really offensively this year. And we never saw this last year for different reasons that we all know, but to have Trey Mancini, Anthony Santander and Ryan Mountcastle in the same batting order with you, there, there's a lot more depth there. I mean, big time power potential in the middle of that order. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there's no doubt that we missed Trey. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, and we can't wait to have him back. And I just said, just to see him, man, just, just to have him back in the clubhouse with us and just have that energy and on a daily basis, that's going to be uh, refreshing. Uh, but the guys that we had when, when we knew Trey wasn't going to be with us, everybody stepped up, man. Everybody put up some impressive numbers and, you know, we were, we were pretty hot. We were one of the hotter team in baseball for a while there. And, um, you know, we hit a little cold streak, but, you know, I, I think we did all right at, at the end of the year. Rio, when you look at what Ryan Mountcastle did in his first stint with the Orioles last year, what what impressed you the most about him? Uh, that, you, that you can never tell what kind of day he was having, whether he was four for four or zero for four. He he always made, uh, stayed the same. Uh, didn't get too down. Didn't get too up. And you know, it was just consistent there. And it, it's 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 easier said than done, man. It's when you, when you get into a hole and you get a string, a couple of offers, it's, it's hard not to get frustrated, but you can never tell with him. He never, he never showed his, uh, his emotions and um, you know, good players really do really do that really well. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold joined by Rio Ruiz on this edition of inside the yard. Rio, let's talk pitching for a moment. You got to see Dean Kramer come up. You got to see Keegan Aiken come up, pitch against some tough lineups towards the end of the year. What was your big takeaway from those two young pitchers? They weren't scared. They uh, they they went right at guys, and you know when they have confidence that the way they do, it, it's it's fun to play behind. Man, it was really fun to play with uh, play behind them last year, and really looking forward to it this year. I have a general question with the way that the game is going with the three true outcomes, you know, homers, walks, strikeouts, does that make it any more difficult to play defense than maybe it did say in the, you know, in the area where it was, was sinkers and, and where maybe you were earlier on in your baseball career? Um, it, it all, a lot of it, the pitchers, uh, not everybody's throwing, you know, the high spin 98 at the top of the zone, you know, you're still getting some guys with some sinkers and, you know, it's run ball route bat. So it really, it's, it's not guaranteed a home run every time. It's not guaranteed. Um, you're not guaranteed a walk every time. So you still got to be ready regardless of the way baseball's going. Um, you know, if you get caught on your heels, it more, more than likely the ball's going to come at you. All right, Rio, Ryan Mountcastle just did this. It's time for our fun five baseball questions, first thing that comes to mind, are you ready? Yes. All right. Favorite baseball movie? 61. Okay. That's a, that is a really, that is a really good one. That's a sleeper. That's a great one. A great that, cast. That is. Too. Grew up watching it. So, yeah, 61. That's a great one. 
High school senior year batting average. Um, I think maybe 200. I only played eight games because I had a little injury, but not going to make an excuse, but I think it was like 200. You were too busy slinging around on the gridiron. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was. <laughs> Most influential baseball person in your life. Mark Trumbo. Really? You care to share what he uh, what he did for you? He just, I mean, just talking to him, man, the, the experience that he had. Um, you know, you're able to pick pick his brain a little bit, and he lives out here in California as well. And um, I were able to get together and just talk, and you know, we'll go golf as well, and. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just a relationship that I've uh, enjoyed having. And um, sometimes we don't even talk about baseball. Sometimes all we do is talk about baseball. So uh, there's always, uh, there's always a good uh, conversation being struck up with Trumbo for sure. Yeah. He always came across as a wise sage to me. Rio, a uh, favorite minor league city to play or visit. <laughs> um, Louisville. I enjoy I enjoyed Louisville playing the bats out there. That was a cool little town. I uh, never got to see this factory where all the bats are made, so I was able to knock that off. Uh, but that's a cool little town, definitely. Name one talent outside of baseball that you have. I can play golf a little bit. I I, I can swing the clubs a little bit. Uh, What's that's the handy? Definitely one of my. Uh, so, I always get. I'm always a little trouble here because when I play with guys I don't know, I always err on the side of a higher handicap. So I always throw out 10 and when I always throw that out, I end up shooting a couple over. So I really, I really, I'm anywhere between like seven and 10. That's really impressive. I feel baseball players are great golfers. Is that true? There's a lot. There definitely is. It, uh, it's definitely a good uh, break away from baseball, but you're still able to compete with yourself and, uh, that, I think that's what I really like most about it. Real Ruiz, we appreciate your time so much and safe travels to spring training in Sarasota. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. That's Orioles third baseman Real Ruiz. And Jeff, we got to call a lot of games together last year. And we're going to call a bunch together this coming season. You had a lot of great calls last year. I think my favorite call that you had was the play of the year, I think, that we saw from the Orioles. And they, we saw a lot of them. I mean, Cedric Mullins may have an issue with this, but the play Rio made in Philadelphia from his backside, and you had a great call for that. Yeah, it, it was absolutely tremendous. I mean, uh, I think I think our buddy Scott Garceau said, you know, I hope you're watching Brooks, and it and it certainly was one of those <laughs> kinds of plays. It was it was really impressive. Rio's real still with us. I mean, Rio, do you want to like take us back into that play and and what you remember about it? I knew it was first and second. Um, I knew there were two outs. It was just whatever, wherever the ball was going to take me. If it was taking me down the line, then, you know, if I had time to step on third, I would. can't remember who was running on second, but um, when I lost my balance going down in the hole, I knew I just had to get rid of it quick. I knew I didn't have a play at first, so I kind of just chucked it. It rolled about – it bounced about, like, 20 times, I feel like, but <laughs> Bert ended up picking it, and we ended up getting the out. So that's that, and it ended up being a pretty solid play. Yeah, Web Gem 
all the way for Rio Ruiz. That was an awesome play. And Rio, Jeff mentioned Trey Mancini, who I you can just tell all of his teammates just can't wait to see him. Some uh, interesting, you know, idea where we might see Trey play the most this year. Someone who came up as a first baseman, obviously has spent a lot of time in the outfield in his major league career, could get some DH at bats as well. And Trey Mancini was on MLB Network talking about what position he's getting ready for. I grew up my entire life playing first base and spring training of 2017. I, I knew that I'd have to probably play another position to make the team. So um, I had a crash course in outfield then and, and have been playing out there since. And I really have loved it. I've loved getting to learn how to play different positions. But um, as far as, you know, my fit and where I think I play best, I'd still say first base. But I also love DHing. I really do. Um, I know some people don't like it and can shy away from it, but I have no problem DHing. Um, you know, hitting is definitely my favorite part of baseball. So wherever they need me, I'll be there. Yeah, and I think, Jeff, uh, I think given that Renato Nunez is gone, the glut of outfielders, I expect to see Trey a lot at first base. And that's the position where he has played, as, as he would say, since he was four years old and he was the biggest kid on the team. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of outfield options. And also, we, we went back to that 26-man roster. I, I feel like that probably stacks up the best to have him play mostly at first base. And, you know, he, he can give you some outfield reps if you need them, but but I think probably uh, first base is where he stacks up best. And, and you know, Ryan Mountcastle, you no, know, he looked fairly athletic when he was playing left field before. So I think he matches up there a little bit better. So I think for everybody's sake, uh, having Trey at first base is the best fit. And as Trey said this week, he is already in Sarasota. Pitchers and catchers are reporting to Ed Smith Stadium on February 16th. Just a few days away as there's snow all around here in Baltimore, Maryland. That was a fun show, Jeff. Great job by Rock Kubako of MassInSports.com. Also, Ryan Mountcastle and Rio Ruiz. We're going to come back next Thursday, one week from tonight on 105.7 The Fan. In the meantime, as I mentioned earlier, we are the best podcast to take with you while you're dusting off your car or shoveling. Find us at Orioles.com slash podcast or wherever you download your podcast. So much more to get into next week. Pitchers and catchers will have reported by them. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Stay safe. And until next week, for Jeff Arnold, I'm Brett Hollander. This has been Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan and Orioles.com slash podcast. Thanks for being with us, everyone.